You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Lynn Molitor, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Tim Muma. Hey, everybody. And Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello. Another year is underway, so let's take a moment to look back, and then we will head into 2014 at full speed. So last week, the person who mentored me and had the biggest impact on my career sent me a note that she decided to retire, and she thanked me for the work that I did under her direction. Nice. Then I had a surprise. This is the same week. Then I had a surprise when my very first boss, when I was 16, she tracked me down and called me. And then we reminisced about the time that I worked for her in a nursing home kitchen. Wow. Is that where you like peeled oranges? Yes. (laughs) And I reminded her of that. So this gave me a unique opportunity to thank these two women for helping me out and got me thinking. What advice have you received from a past or current mentor that has helped you and that you would want to thank them for? And then that, in turn, could also help out our listeners. So when I was thinking about these two women, I know, like, so my first boss, you know, I think she just instilled in me a good, strong work ethic. I worked hard under her. And that kind of proved to me that I, by working hard, I could advance So, yes, Jacqueline, I was peeling oranges, and then by the time I left that place, I was actually cooking breakfast for all the the residents, I guess you'd call. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what you call them. (laughs) And then um, the person who really had a big impact on my career, uh, she really instilled in me an attention to detail, Mm -hmm. which um, I just, I can't shake it. It's almost like, you know, I can't help but look at everything too detailed (laughs) now almost. But um, the other thing I learned from her was she gave me very honest feedback. And sometimes for me, it wasn't always easy to hear, but I always took it to heart. And I think that helped me then in my career because, you know, she could see that I was at least trying. Right. Some of the things that she mentored me on, I just, it wasn't my forte. And and then we kind of moved past that, <laughs> like networking. Never I was very good at it. But then it also helped me as a manager then know the importance of giving honest feedback uh, to people because even though it's hard to listen to sometimes, and as a manager, it's not always easy to give it as well. So these were a few things that I learned that I would hope other people could learn from. Anyone else? No, I got no. Uh, okay, nothing from Tim. <laughs> The thing that sticks out to me, and because my background was with media and journalism, and I've I've expressed this to other people, and sometimes it gets you in trouble, but it's that uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to get permission. <laughs> so how that relates to media is sometimes you just have to walk into a situation that maybe you're originally not supposed to be in, or you have to give this portrayal, this this air of, you know, I belong and I need to be here. I'm doing my job. I'm the expert. Um, I'm trying to accomplish my goals. And like I said, sometimes it might get you in a little bit of trouble and you're talking about, you know, managers or protocols, processes. Um, But overall, I think that it's been a good guide for myself. And it was a professor of mine um, at UW-Milwaukee just to say, look, you you have to be the one to step forward, whether it's a job you're trying to do, maybe you're trying to, to land a position that you need to go in and just be yourself 
do what you know you can do. And again, be that expert, be the one that belongs there. And if, if you mess up, if you end up in a spot you're not supposed to be in, or maybe you cross the line, you know, just, you know, gracefully apologize, say you, you didn't realize next time you won't do it and you move forward. So that's something that I have to take it with me all the time. And probably sometimes drives my manager crazy here as well. So, <laughs> so you take initiative. That's what I heard from that. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. That sounds a lot more positive. <laughs> Um, what I thought of was um, my first job was actually when I was about 13, and I worked for a small local company. Um, they owned multiple gas stations throughout the area, and I just came in to just kind of help organize things and do little you know, piddly receptionist type of things sometimes, just paperwork. Um, but in working for a small business, you really get to know the people that you're working with and their customers. And, you know, what I learned a lot from that was um, overall just I was a very shy person and it started to open me up because they really pushed me to interact with the customers and my colleagues. And, you know, when you're 13 and you're working with adults who own their own company, it's a little intimidating. And so, you know, they just really pushed me to become more open to know, to tell me I was doing a great job at it. And I think the biggest thing was multitasking. I mean, I probably had 15 different tasks that I had to do on a daily basis. And so they were throwing all of that at me as well. And so, you know, while I maybe didn't have like a specific mentor in that situation, I learned a lot from just being in that environment and talking with people overall. So oh, it was that's good. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Wow, 13. I know. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't have been working exactly. But. <laughs> um, I, one of the two comments that sort of resonate with me that my mentor has given me and that's that I still use today. Um, one is think like an owner. So this helps me really think, okay, is this decision something that I would make if I was the owner of the company? Not just thinking like, oh, I'm the employee. What do you think this person wants? Just really put yourself in the owner's shoes and try and think like an owner. I don't always do it, but I I I try to do it because it's it's not necessarily natural for me, but I try to, if I'm making a tough decision, I'm like, okay, if I was the owner, what would I do? And then I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this makes perfect sense now. It's not so difficult for me to make that decision. Um, but I just have to remind myself to constantly think like that just because I'm not the owner, but you know, it, it does help you actually make better decisions. And then the other one is always groom your next replacement because then you will have a great team. That's another thing that really resonates with me is always try and work with your team. The people on your team really push and grow their strengths so that, um, you know, yeah, they could potentially replace you. But that's not the point of it. The point is if you have a bunch of people like you, you are obviously earned your role. You're in your role for a particular reason. But if you have a bunch of people that you can share that with and that you can sort of um, evolve into you, then you're going to have a really strong team. Um, and that takes a lot of effort and time and coaching and mentoring. Uh, and, you know, it's a process, but I see the point of it. And I definitely think that it makes sense. And you may not have someone that's like 100% like you, and that's we're all individuals. But if you've got a team that has a lot of the qualities that you have, and like I said, you earned your spot, um, you'll have a really strong team. And I, I would agree with that. So. Wow, those I are think, good. Yeah, I think all of these are very good. Yeah, I mean, and, and with that last one, Jacqueline, I, I think the hardest part there is probably just putting aside your pride, your ego, your, you know, maybe your concern that you lose your job. So I think anyone who can do that, I think that's a, a huge step that they can take. 
Well, yeah, it's for the betterment of the company too. Right. And you don't, if you're doing a great job, like I never feel threatened by it. Like it never makes me feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. because I just, I know that it's what I need to do and I know that it's what's best for the company. But I also have enough confidence in my skills that I'm still growing by allowing that to happen. So I'm still moving on and evolving myself. Yeah, and I think all of us are always growing. Yeah. So hopefully a lot of people remember that, that they <laughs> yes. haven't maxed out. Yeah. So Jacqueline, you're going to uh, take us into the new year now with our the next topic. Yeah, so we always set personal, you know, or I don't know, I don't always set them, but uh, <laughs> New Year's resolutions. And I was thinking, well, how can we incorporate that into work? work? You know, what can we do? So I was just wondering if there was anything that you guys had that you wanted to focus on making this particular year better than it was last year um, and really focusing on like, this is something that I want to tweak and I want to change. And one of the things that I want to do better and is really for my team is just to be like more present with them and give them that mentoring that they need as much as, you know, it does take a lot of time from my day just to take that extra step to always provide rationales. Because sometimes you get into the busy hustle bustle of your day and you'll say, oh, we don't do it that way. You know, this is the way. Here's the process. And you don't always say, here's why even mm -hmm. though you really should. So I'm really trying to take that extra moment to say, this is why it's so important that you do it this way. You know, I would hopefully say that the majority of the time I do provide that rationale, um, but sometimes I don't always have time. And I'm in those times where I'm thinking, oh, I don't have time. Like I have stopped and said, let me provide the rationale. And the reason for that is just because if I don't, then the buy-in isn't necessarily going to be there. Right. And then they might make that um mistake or error, whatever it was that I'm trying to correct again. So it'll actually save me time just to take those extra seconds. So I'm really trying to really make my team, um, you know, up a, up a level and tighten up the processes and just have it really I like run that. really well. Yeah, that yeah. is good. I'm going to ask you why anyway, if you don't give me the rationale. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's fine, Tim. Tim reports to me for those of you guys who don't know. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who haven't figured yeah, it out for, yet. And for those loyal listeners who do know, then you appreciate that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but I've had people tell me, you know, when you do take the time to explain why, it's like sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I'm totally with that. And then it's like they move on and yep. they don't even think about it yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have anything that you've thought about that maybe you want to make this year better than last? Well, I think for me on both a personal and uh, professional level, I know that I am a big procrastinator. And um, but I work I work very well under pressure, and I think that's why I do it because I actually enjoy it. You get the high off, yeah, of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know what you're talking um, about. But I think I really need to focus on that. But more so, um, not only for me, but for the people that report to me as well, because a lot of times if they're you know asking for something or um, and I know that it's not urgent, I still need to understand that it's urgent for them. And, you know, being able to follow up with them on a timely matter because they're concerned about it. S similar to yours, it's like, oh, I just don't have time to answer this right now because it's not urgent for me. However, I know that it is for my team members. And so really working on that and making sure that I'm getting back to them in a timely manner is something that I'm focusing on. Good. That's good. Your yeah. team will appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. I, I've seen studies that say procrastinators get more done in theory because there's less time wasted if they're you know kind of following those same procedures you talked about I probably just read it that way because I also <laughs> procrastinate. <laughs> how many of us have not written the perfect paper at you know two in the morning yeah, yeah it just kind of, so sitting there for like the whole day thinking about it you know whatever. You're like wow this paper's amazing 
Uh, for myself, you know, it's a little bit of, uh, I mean, in a similar vein to kind of pushing the envelope a little bit, stepping up, but um, networking is a big part for myself and, and not just externally, but of course, internally and understanding that whether it's a member of your team or another department, um, that you guys, you know, we can all help each other. We can learn from each other. And uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I get kind of so focused on what my singular tasks are or what I feel is necessary for my team that I don't necessarily branch out. I don't reach out. I don't maybe engage in conversations that would be helpful, um, not just for myself, but for, you know, the organization. So that's something I really do want to focus on. And even if it's just forcing myself to, I mean, in the back of my mind, say, hey, you know, take 20 minutes here, take 15 minutes just to chat learn about this person, see what they could offer um, or what I can offer them. And just being able to, to have that conversation, uh, again, as much internally as externally from the organization, uh, it's something that I've probably always struggled with because I am very, you know, here's the task, get it done, move on to the next one. Um, so to be able to, uh, I don't know, kind of bring it together a little bit more, I think that would be, I would, I would want to really look forward to doing that in the coming Well, Tim, year. I am pleased to hear that you are looking forward to interacting with <laughs> no, your colleagues. I'm not saying I'm going to go sit at lunch <laughs> and oh, hang out. That's no, what I thought you were no, saying. No, not quite that, but I'm saying oh, more, baby you know, steps. kind of walking around a little bit more, you know, to, you know that kind of thing. But I, yeah, lunch, I don't know, that's a well, weird thing for me. Well, maybe I, in summer, we can all go out to lunch, the four of us. Okay, there well, you I go. could do that. I mean, it's a goal. In school, I was always the kid that sat alone in the corner. You know, oh, jeez. Not really. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me personally, when um, so I was thinking about your question because I'm a person that doesn't do New Year's resolutions. Sure, but from a professional level, I think I started last year challenging myself to be more strategic. So uh, in terms of planning, that was never uh, one of my strong suits in the past. Um, as a project manager, I was always uh, good at implementing things, but ne not necessarily coming up with the ideas. So I, um, I think for 2014, just to challenge myself to think of new ideas, to keep things fresh, um, and not just, um, you know, do what we did last year, um, because we did it that way last year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, be open to new ideas and challenge myself to think of them, too. That's nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So come along on my ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you have an interesting topic, actually, Tim, especially as companies are looking to staff new projects and priorities. Yeah, the idea of, you know, referring a friend or, you know, maybe a former colleague to a, co a position at your company, I've always been extremely hesitant with something like this. And it's not... It's not anything where I think myself and, and my friend would have any issue if they were hired, but there's just so much that goes into it of that, you know, that right fit. And I'd feel awful for both my friend and the organization if it didn't work out because that's just time and money wasted for on both sides. And I, I've never taken that step forward. A couple people have asked at times, you know, for when there have been positions here and I'm just, I'm usually, I kind of just go over my head like, would this really work for you? Would you really like this? I mean, I know you on a personal level. I don't, I don't think it's going to work. And I wouldn't tell them that. I would, of course, say, well, I'll pass along your information, that kind of thing. Um, but I guess from you know, a standpoint of you know, the three of you here with a little more experience in maybe those areas and with the personnel you've been around and seen, what are some good things to think about or maybe do to plan for something like this if you're going to take that step or convince yourself that it's not the right move for a friend of yours? Because I, like I said, I'm just... I, it'd have to be an unbelievable, perfect fit for me to decide, yeah, let's let's refer this person. 
I know I've always been skeptical of this myself. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, I've never um, done it with one small exception. Um, I think if you do get into the situation with a friend, first of all, you have to kind of discuss what is this going to mean to your friendship? You know, just to kind of to lay down some groundwork uh, just in case you, you know, people know you for you, mm-hmm. but I don't know my friends in a work setting. That's so, true. Yep. you know, I'm like, yeah, they're a great friend, but I don't I can't really attest to how <laughs> they work. And so I was always skeptical of of getting into that um, for a number of different reasons. So, yeah, I'm yeah. with you there. <laughs> I'm also skeptical, so I don't know if we're a good group here to have any sort of opposing opinions. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, to your point, Lynn, if you don't really know how they are in the work environment, there is this thought that, well, this, you know, the company might think, well, this person recommended them. What were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, um, you know, they're, it, it does somewhat reflect on your thought like yeah and how well maybe you understand the organization like maybe you don't get it maybe i don't (laughs) right so there's so many like fill in the blanks that you just i don't know it's to me it's a little risky (laughs) yeah i am on the same page as everybody else here i um did refer somebody at one point and they ended up not showing up for the phone interview oh that's nice (laughs) oh no You're like, thanks a lot. I didn't even want to do it to begin with. That didn't work out so well. Um, From that point on, I did not (laughs) refer anybody. And I I think it's just, as you guys all mentioned, I mean, it's your responsibility to make sure somebody succeeds in the workplace if you are referring them. And if you don't know um, their attributes from a working standpoint, it's just more of a friendship standpoint. It's really hard to tell if that's going to work out or not. Um, I mean, maybe the message is just, I mean, tread extremely cautiously or something. I mean, really just kind of go over some, you know, like when you brought up, it's just maybe some ground rules and just decide, okay, how is this going to work if it's going to work? I, I don't know. I, I, I have not run into anybody, honestly, and I've chatted with, you know, other friends and, and colleagues and just, it seems like there's just this uncomfortableness and well, I don't know. <laughs> I think to Ashley's point earlier, just a minute ago, I know people who have referred people who are still working in an organization have come a long way, but you know, behind the scenes, they're like stressed out trying mm. to help right. them succeed and oh. making sure that they're following the rules exactly. And it ends up being stressful on the person who referred yep. them just because their reputation is on the line. Um, but you know, these two people that I'm thinking of right now are actually at a lot of value and it's, it's actually worked out really well. But I remember when um, the referral first came, it was very stressful for this person, just trying to really, really make sure this person succeeded in their role. Right. So I know it can be a bit much. The only other recommendation I would have on that is I know I've had people um, come to me and ask, you know, if this would be a good referral. And really, to me, it's just more about pulling up the job description that they're applying for and making sure you can align something that that person has done in the past with every line of the job description. Because if that's the case, I mean, it should be a pretty good fit um, overall. So that's kind of what I've done with people that have maybe wanted to refer somebody is, okay, here's the job duty. What have they specifically done to correlate with that job Keep it duty? very objective. Yeah. 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 The one other thing I've done is um, I've encouraged them to apply for a job and I've said, you can put me down on the job application as a reference. Right. Uh, you know, so it's not like I'm 
you know, going out of my way to refer the person mm -hmm. in the company. But, you know, they can do full – a lot of times when you apply for a job, they'll say, do you know anyone else who's working here? Right. So it's not like I'm really going out referring them. But if anyone wants to come and ask me about them, well, then I'll, I'll give them my, you know, my um, thoughts and perceptions. Mm -hmm. But I always uh, clarify, I don't know them in a work setting. <laughs> right. Yep. And I know them as a friend. All right. So – a new year can bring changes, and Ashley's going to tell us what is going on at the company Zappos. Yes, absolutely. So the other day I was listening to the radio and I heard Zappos is going to be moving to a holocratic company. And at my first thought and just listening to that, I was like, what exactly does that mean? Um, so, you know, by definition, for those of you who don't know, it is a company that's organized around the work that needs to be done instead of around the people who do it. So job titles do not exist. Um, it's more so employees are performing tasks and, um, you know, they the job descriptions are more so to deliver that task, not any titles. So it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it, though, because I don't know how I don't know how I would work under a structure like that. And that, you know, I think it'd be great to get feedback from other departments when you're looking at it from a normal standpoint and to collaborate with people you may not usually collaborate with, um, but to not know who to go to above you uh, was really mind boggling for me. So I just you know, wanted to see if you had any ideas or have heard of companies that are doing this sort of structure on maybe what the benefits would be or even losses would be uh, in moving towards this type of company. I think it would take, it probably would take a special group of people to make it really work. And I can see it being effective on a smaller scale, like maybe within departments. If you're looking at the grand scheme of things, I mean, somebody has to make some major decisions. And I don't think it it can be sort of left up to this democratic idea. Uh, I mean, I like the I like the overall thought process that, you know, you're adults, you work it out, you figure out who's best fit for everything. You're not necessarily, you know, tell, delegating, well, this is for you and I'm telling you this because I'm the leader of the team or, or whatnot. But to your point, Ashley, I think it's hard to see it. It's hard to visualize how that will work. And, and I think there's always got to be a balance of hierarchy and collaboration and just some intermingling that way. But on a small scale, I think, great, definitely could work department levels. I think it would really probably work out pretty well. But if you're talking a whole organization, especially as you get larger and larger, I have a real hard time envisioning it happening, at least anytime in the near future. I know my thought is like, who's steering the bus? Right. You know, who's driving the bus? <laughs> who's got their foot on the gas pedal? <laughs> yeah, it is a. It's an interesting idea, and I know um, just no job titles. And I was. Did they also say in that article about like no promotions? You know, I mean, usually yeah. if you don't have a job title, then you wouldn't like get promoted because I don't know what you get promoted to. <laughs> How do you go to your next right. job? You're like, what was your last job title? Well, we didn't really have job titles there. <laughs> yeah. That was guy number 23. Right. right. That yeah. was my role. But, you know, as in some, uh, you know, in some venues, there's that sense of accomplishment and you're kind of working towards advancement. So I don't know how that would um, fall under this structure. So I'd be interested to, you know, I'd be interested to see how this company does in a right, year. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what, that was my takeaway from it. Let's check back with them and see how it's working out. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're looking at it on a more general level. I'm sure there is still someone driving the bus. I'm sure there's still that, you know, they, <laughs> they might be adopting the word just and using it a little bit loosely because – 
I mean, they're a pretty successful company. I mean, so you hear. Why you hear would you about change it? it? Right. Yeah. And Twitter apparently does the same thing. But I also agree with Tim. I just feel like maybe on a smaller level it might be more effective. But I can't see a large organization running it that way just because you need to have some sort of chain of command to help kind of pull triggers and move forward. I don't know. It's interesting, though. Yeah, right. Interesting. I, yeah. I kind of feel in my team, we, you know, it might be great to not have a manager kind of overseeing every little thing <laughs> yeah. you do, you know. That's she's, a fresh idea. She's just yeah. hammering away at us. Um, <laughs> instead, we could just kind of share the, the duties now. Yeah. I, again, I, I think it's it's great in theory, mm-hmm. but I think that would take a lot of work to, to make it. To make it actually be successful. So I think you guys should implement that. And then okay. in June, we'll take a checkpoint and we'll all go out to lunch and see how yeah, it's going. Perfect. <laughs> we'll see if I still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be careful so. what you wish for, Tim. <laughs> so it sounds like all of us are ready to embrace the new year and its potential with enthusiasm. So happy new year from all of us to our many listeners across the country. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, do send a message to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. What is your New Year's resolution for your job? For Jacqueline Peterson, Tim Yuma, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening.